Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here on WXAN Radio. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, accompanied by my wife, Dorinda, today in the studio. We're grateful to be coming your way, and we're glad that you're listening and tuned in. Here we are, can you believe it already, April, April rather, November the 4th, November the 4th. In the year of our Lord Jesus, 2023, and we're glad that you're tuned in. It is um, having you tuned in on 103.9 FM if you're in the region. Then if you're listening by way of the internet, we are at WXANradio.com, WXANradio.com, and when the page pulls up, click on Listen Live, and we're glad that you're tuned in here to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. It is 11 a.m. Central Standard Time here in this beautiful Midwestern area, the windswept hills of Ava, Illinois, and excited to have you on board today. I want to share a blessing with you before we go any farther today by way of a shout-out. You know, God is always working, and God has providence and he knows what he's doing and he brings people together for times such as this and uses us in his fashion and and in his form according to his time period and this week i was blessed by being able to get reconnected with a dear dear wonderful christian man that i got to know way back in 1993 so today we want to give a shout out to mr brian davis Brian, it was great to reconnect with you this week, talk to you, and uh, just see what God is doing in your life and in your family and how he's blessed you. And I know that your words of encouragement, Brian, you shared a bunch of them with me as we got to talk. It was wonderful. And Brian is listening in today, and we want to give that uh, shout-out to Mr. Brian Davis. What a wonderful man, and uh, we're looking forward to having lunch with him, having some coffee before long, and reconnecting. So that prompted me today toward Brian's call and our connection today prompted me toward the message that I want to share with you today, Christians. And uh, I'm going to go to the Gospel of John. So if you'll open your Bibles, I want you to go to the Gospel of John. We're going to look at chapter number 20 and verse number 21. Uh, Brian and I met in 1993 when we were working out in a gym in Harrisburg, Illinois. And we got to acquainted there, and we got to talking, and Brian was gracious enough to let me talk to him about Jesus Christ and witness to him about the good grace of God and the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and how he can know for sure that he was going to go to heaven. And Brian's a very polite, wonderful person, and he was back then, and he still is to this day. So, we shared the gospel with him and uh, maybe even gave him a gospel tract. And I don't know, 30 years later, we haven't seen each other, but God brought us back together through God's details, through our work-related, personal-related uh, opportunities that connected us over the telephone this past week. So, folks, I want to encourage you today to always know, Christian friend, God is in control He's not a moment late, nor is he a moment early, and he's designed your life as you look to him and focus your life on him and keep him the first in your life. He's going to move your life according to his will. Our job is to be 
looking to him, worshiping him, asking him for our his will in our life, and be focused, and he's going to direct our paths, like the Bible says. In all thy ways acknowledge him, that's the Lord Jesus, and he shall direct our paths. So, Brian, God bless you. We're praying for you. And you sure made this preacher's uh, week. So we're glad you tuned in today, folks. want to encourage you with God's Word like always. And if you're here and you're not sure you're saved, we want you to know today that you can be born again, that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world vicariously on the cross. He shed his blood in our place, the sinless man dying for sinners. The, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So all can be saved. Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And whosoever will, let them come and take the water of life freely. And for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. So the Bible is open. Everyone is invited. Christ died for the sins of the world. And you can be saved today if you'll bow your head and from the sincerity of your heart, ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your personal Savior, forgive you of your sins. We owe a sin debt. And Christ was sinless, and God sent him through his great love to the world to be born of the virgin, to live a sinless life, so that he could die primarily on the cross of Calvary, take our sins upon his, in his body on the tree, to shed his blood in our place, to be buried once he was crucified, and then resurrected the third day for our justification. So, yes, you can know that you're going to heaven when you die if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone as your personal Savior. Oh, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that's a praise report today. Keep praying, folks. God is working in your life, and he's working in ways that you don't even understand yet. And so I want to say thank you to Brian and looking forward to getting together with him sometime soon. Now, let's go to our message today, the teaching lesson, the preaching message. Uh, Let's go to John chapter number 20. John chapter number 20. And with what we've just shared with Brian about Brian, I want to encourage you today on the Christian's divine commission. The Christian's divine commission. In John chapter 20 and verse 21, Jesus is speaking here, and you know I love to quote Jesus. He said, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now, folks, by way of introduction, the most important statements that were ever uttered came from the lips of our Lord Jesus. And this is one of them. He says, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now this indicates that whatever was required of Jesus in his coming to the earth is also required of believers today. Christian, God still has a work for you to do. That's why you're still on this earth. And you can tell other people about Jesus Christ. The Christian's divine commission. So whatever manner, whatever purpose, whatever sacrifice, and whatever motivation that characterized Jesus Christ on his mission in the world must also characterize his servants in this world. He said, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now that was addressed to Jesus' disciples corporately, but this likewise applies to all Christians, all believers everywhere. As it was for our Savior, so it must be with his servants. Amen. 
So take a pen out, jot down these very simple points as we look at the Christian's divine commission. The first point I want to share with you is this. All Christians are under the same mandate. All Christians are under the same mandate. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Jesus Christ was sent to the world by his Father. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son. And John chapter number 3 and verse 17 tells us, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Jesus Christ was under the mandate of the Father, according, and according to Webster's Dictionary, folks, a mandate is, and I quote, an authoritative command, an authorization to act given to a representative, end of quote. Now, it was mandatory for Christ to come. The Father sent him. And the New Testament tells us that Jesus was constantly aware of his task. Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse number 34, he said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Just as the Father sent the Son into the world, so Christ Jesus sends me, Dorinda, you, and everyone else, his children. If you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, saved by the grace of God, sealed into the day of redemption through faith in Jesus Christ, you also are under that same mandate, Christian friend. He said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But I'm sad to report this to you. Dorinda and I preached this past weekend in Cadiz, Kentucky, and we're with a good group of people from Donaldson Creek Baptist Church in Cadiz, Kentucky this past weekend, had two wonderful services with an outstanding group of people. But as you know, we've been preaching across Fredericktown, Missouri, all across southern Illinois, and various places the last few years. And I'm sad to report to you that most of God's churches, they are not trying to fulfill the Great Commission. Oh, in a, in a way they are through, you know, the Samaritan's Purse and gift boxes, Christmas gift boxes. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But I want to encourage you, folks, if you're listening today, pastor, deacons, musicians, church people, listen closely. Let's fill those boxes out, but let's put gospel tracts in them, too. That we need to get back to the revived purpose of going into all the world and sharing the gospel the death, burial, and resurrection message with every human being alive. That's what our churches should be doing primarily. Amen. And sharing that and making that first and foremost in all that we do. Jesus said in Luke 19 and 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. But a lot of churches are not doing that. It makes people uncomfortable or they haven't been trained. Or the pastor hasn't been trained in how to teach people to win souls and be a witness. Gospel tracts are a wonderful form to do that, folks. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. John chapter 4 and verse 34. So he tells us again in the divine commission. This great commission was not given, folks, to an institution, but rather to individuals. 
It is every Christian's responsibility to win souls to Jesus Christ. Amen. No, we don't save them, but our job is to witness to them and share the gospel and the love of Christ with them. How that Christ died for their sins on the cross as a vicarious suffering. He was shed his blood in their place. He was buried and resurrected the third day. No church, listen closely now to me, friends, and I'm not trying to irritate you, but I am trying to agitate you with biblical love and encouragement. No church, no pastor, no congregation will stand at the judgment seat of Christ and be rewarded for soul winning. That reward only goes to individuals. Christian, you can win the soul winner's crown and be given that if you'll win souls. You'll have a soul winner's crown to cast back at Jesus' feet if you are trying to share Jesus Christ with the world through your witness, through a gospel tract. It's important, the Christian's divine commission. In Psalm chapter 126 and verse 6, he that goeth forth and weepeth. Notice it says, it doesn't say the church that goeth forth and weepeth, but it says, he that goeth forth and weepeth, weepeth shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. Now, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3 teaches us, And they that will be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. That's not given to the church. That's given to individuals. Soul winning is an individual personal responsibility. Every believer is under mandate to win souls. Jesus didn't suggest it. He mandated it. Soul winning is not a matter of personal choice, but of divine command. It is mandatory, folks. When a person is given a mandate by someone in a position of authority, he or she can only comply or refuse, obey or disobey, submit or rebel. The only alternative to soul winning is disobedience to Christ Jesus. If every believer would get busy about winning souls, then we could evangelize the world. John Wesley used to say, and I quote, all at it and always at it, end of quote. Our mandate is clear. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The question is, are we going to be obedient to our mandate as Christ Jesus was obedient to his, or will we ignore it and let folks die lost in their sins and go to hell and never hear a clear presentation of the gospel? Dr. Bob Jones Sr., he saw a plaque in an office which read this, and I quote, I'm one and only one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. End of quote. Every one of us can do something. There is somebody that you can win to Christ whom no one else can win. Jesus says, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So number one, we see that we're under the same mandate. Number two, I want to share with you, Christians are also to do it in the same manner. In the same manner. How did Jesus come into this world? 
He took on a human flesh. The scripture says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You see, Christ had to come as a human being in order to make contact with humanity. Jesus did not fulfill his mission from afar. Rather, he came down to where we were. He did not send salvation in a package, but he brought it in a person. Thousands of people in every community in southern Illinois, southeastern Missouri, or where you live, are waiting to hear someone to bring them the simple message of salvation. Isn't it funny that we can talk about political jargon all the time? We can talk about sports scores. I love to do both of those things. We can talk about deer hunting. Dorinda and I saw a nice buck on the back of a a trailer today that had been uh, stuck this morning, it looked like, and he was headed to the processor. I love to talk about hunting. I love to talk about things that are going on just as much as you do, the weather, anything else. But it seems we get frozen at the mouth when it comes to talking to people about Jesus Christ and asking them to come to church. Folks, it's amazing. Many Christians will talk about anything except Jesus, and that shouldn't be so. Jesus personally came to us to share the love of God displayed in his vicarious sufferings on the cross, his blood atonement on the cross, his burial from the gra- in the grave, and his resurrection from the grave. He came personally to do that, and he's left you and I to here to do that personally as well. Amen. So we're under the same um, mandate, the same, the same way, folks. We're to do it in the same manner that Jesus did it. Now, we've got to pastor several churches and see lots of people become soul winners and win people to Christ and bring them to church, walk them down the aisle, help them make their profession of faith in Jesus, get to follow in believers' baptism by immersion. And it's a wonderful thing. Churches rejoice, or they ought to. And God uses revival. When you get revived and your heart is right with Jesus, friends, when you've confessed every known sin, You've got refocused on putting Jesus first in your life. When you do that, then what he values is first, and that is souls. You'll put first. So when revival comes to you, you'll come back to putting Jesus first and what he loves first, and that is winning souls to Christ. You can be a church. You can have a name that you're alive. But when was the last time you saw someone walk the aisles and be saved in your church? When was the last time a Sunday school child got saved in their Sunday school class? Dorinda used to lead her boys to to Christ in her Sunday school class, in her junior churches, things of that nature. You can do that too. God puts those people in your life so you can share the gospel with them. God brought Brian into my life in 1993, and I was blessed to get to know him. What a wonderful person he is. But I didn't want to shirk my duties and not share the gospel with this wonderful guy. And I'm grateful that he took time to listen. So, folks, God will put people in your path every day. If you'll be willing to share a gospel tract, speak to them about Jesus. You know, a really good place to do that is when you've paid for your meal where you're out eating. And they bring you the ticket. They've got it usually in a little sleeve, a little plastic envelope that you can put your credit card in, and once they conduct and transact business, just take a gospel tract when you sign the receipt, put it in there with the receipt. 
That's being a witness. Everyone can do that, even if you're intimidated to talk to people. When you go through McDonald's and get your order, transact business, pick up your food, put it in your vehicle, check the bag, make sure everything's correct, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) But when you do that, hand them a gospel track and tell them, look, this tells you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. We must change our attitudes about soul winning if we want revival in our churches. And we must put more emphasis on Christians going from house to house. Just this week, I was sent a direct message from a, a wonderful guy in Fredericktown, Missouri, who we got to worship with this past summer and preach and get to know. And he he was talking highly uh, excited about his new pastor that was leading their church. But he said, man, it's time for us to hit the pavement. We haven't been out knocking doors yet. And I said, you're right. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42 says, And daily in the temple and in every house, every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Churches, you must be going door to door. You must be handing out gospel tracts. You must be winning souls. You must be going to where sinners are and winning people to Christ. See, we're not to preach the gospel at people, but rather to people. It's not enough to stand on the shore and shout instructions to drowning people. We must go in after them if we're going to help them. Folks, the bottom line is this. Christians need to get a Christ boldness about them. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. Let him give you the words to say and get a holy boldness and let him live through you. And go to people and speak up. Get some Christian guts, if you would, prompted by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And ask people about Jesus Christ. Do you know him as your Savior? Folks, that's what it's all about. I can't say it enough. You've heard me say it for almost two years now. You must be winning souls. I must be winning souls. Jesus said, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So we must do it in the same manner. We must do it in the same method. Today, in 2023, there's a great emphasis, uh, emphasis rather, on the gathered church. But in the New Testament, as you study it, the emphasis was on the scattered church. Therefore, they were scattered abroad, went everywhere, preaching the word. Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. Church, are you scattering during the week? Are you preaching the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and sharing the gospel message with someone? Folks, I've known of no greater joy than taking the Bible and leading people to Christ in airports, restaurants, many other places, ball fields, gymnasiums, anywhere. Folks, you can do that. You can do it. Dorinda and I shared the gospel, and Brett, when we were in San Francisco and back in 2009, We were on vacation in San Francisco, California, and we were in a cab, and the cab driver was an exceptionally nice guy, and once we transacted business before we got out, I handed him a gospel tract from our church that had a direct line, church line, to my house, and he took it, and folks, when we got home a few days later, there was a message on the church machine recording, and it was him. His name was Trey, and he said, this is Trey your cab driver from San Francisco, California. I wanted to let you know that I took that pamphlet you gave me and read it and did what it said, 
and I asked Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior. And Dorinda and I rejoiced, and little Brett did too in those days. And folks, God sent us to San Francisco to enjoy the beauty and Alcatraz and the beautiful part of that country. But he sent us there primarily on a mission to share the gospel. And we're rejoicing today that Trey is going to be in heaven, and he may already be there because we shared the gospel and took the time to hand the gospel tract. You can do the same. Jesus said, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. The Christian's divine commission. We're to do it in the same, with the same mandate, in the same manner, and that is personally and quickly, as time permits, for the same mission. Thirdly, for the same mission. In a broad sense, the mission of Jesus was threefold. He came to reveal God, John chapter 14, 9. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And we read in John 1 and verse 18, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is of the, in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So in some measure, every believer should reveal Jesus Christ. It's important that we know this. It's important that we understand that. Our mission is to reveal Jesus Christ, to be as much like Jesus Christ as possible. I tell my churches that I fill in, I tell them my gauge of how God is blessing a church if I'm pastoring or spending time there. The gauge is, yes, winning souls, of course, seeing growth, of course, but the primary gauge is are the people growing in their personal faith and are they becoming more like Jesus Christ and walking closer to him. So our, if it's our remission, our mission rather to reveal Christ and to be as much like him as we possibly can. But Christ came not only to reveal God, folks, he came also to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. He said in Luke 19.10, I share it with you again. If we could ask Jesus right now, Jesus, why did you come to the earth? Here's what he would say, folks. Listen, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. If we could call the Apostle Paul down from heaven and ask him a question, Paul, why did Jesus come? He would answer the words of 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we must be about Jesus' business for the same mission, that is to reveal God and reveal Christ to the world in the same manner as Jesus did both personally, and we're under the same mandate, the Christian's divine commission. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now, time is escaping us, but we want you to know, on behalf of Dorinda and I, and WXAN Radio, who we want you to pray for and support prayerfully and financially, that this is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. And if you've trusted Christ to be your Savior by listening to this broadcast or any of them, give me an email. I've got some free information for you, free literature to send you when you've trusted Christ as a new Christian. It's free. Email me at drdave, D-R-D-A-V-E, 1-3, at gmail.com. Dr. Dave 13 at gmail.com, and we'll get that in the mail to you free of charge. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. Pray for us. We're praying for you. 
And pray for WXAN Radio, okay? Keep looking up, folks. Don't get perplexed about what's going on in the White House or across the news media on a regular basis. God is still in control. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122 and verse 6. Pray for Israel and let God do his work in your life and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone this week. God bless you. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming again. And until then, good tidings to every one of you. God bless you. Oh, yes. May is finally here. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, yes. No For unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not. Fear not. Yes, sir. Time.